Let's do. Let's do an ad anyway. Yeah. Regardless of who's paying us and who isn't, let's, let's do an ad. Sure. Is this a ghost? Is sponsored by Pickney Bend Distillery. It is. When is this coming out? <laughs> like two weeks from now. So I like, looked at this very recently, minutes ago, and I've already mm-hmm. forgotten. That's how. That's how bad my brain is right now. I'm gonna say Valentine's Day. This is what's today. Today, like real time or podcast time? God, I don't even know anymore. <laughs> I think this comes out February 8th. Mm, okay. So there's, so still, this, there's still time. No, but like th- this this would be classically, you know, like if, if this is a sitcom, this would be the, the Valentine's episode. So, you know, whatever the, the last episode before the holiday. Oh, yeah, that's right. You know, yeah. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, this, oh, you mean like from like a themed perspective? This yes. is the Valentine's I'm, Day episode. I'm yes. Ass- I'm assuming that's the theme. I mean, <laughs> you're. Well, it's hard to tell because the theme on this podcast is always love. <laughs> yeah, <In> disarray. <laughs> <laughs> this is the this is the official yeah, this welcome to Is This a Ghost. This is the official Valentine's Day episode. We do one every year and this is this year's. Mm-hmm. Um and <laughs> and our sponsor is Pickney Bend Distillery and they they have things that are going to make your romance feel mm-hmm. feel great to mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. You know, if you also happen to forget about valentine's day maybe you could swoop in and save the day with some pinkney bend gifts do you, know? you live I mean, half a mile from a schnooks if not you may have trouble <laughs> but if you do <laughs> this is for you this is for this is for all our our eastern missouri friends sorry um, everybody in like australia this is you can just fast forward a few seconds here this is i got an email from someone the other day from someone who like they're trying to sell a pod um podcast analytics platform and they're like wow i just wanted mm. to say congratulations on your success in australia you are number 200 on the comedy charts in australia wow and i tried to verify that through their system but they tried they make you pay to do that yeah so i'm just gonna i'm just gonna believe that it's true that's fantastic news it is so we'll be on tour there shortly but <laughs> that's, that's good that's good <laughs> but no picnic band i'm sorry yes that i'm sorry to everyone down there no picnic band for you it's just whatever we can fit in the suitcase, guys, and you're just going to have to live with it. I'm sorry. If we take Southwest, we could have each of us could have like a real suitcase and then one suitcase full mm-hmm. of bottles of Pickney Bend. We could be we could be black market Pickney Bend distributors in Australia. I bet it pays better than uh, being podcasters. <laughs> Does it pay a thing? <laughs> um, That's probably an ad right there. <laughs> <laughs> Are we rusty? I can't tell. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to count that. Welcome to Is This a Ghost? Uh, I'm Clayton Smith, and every week I tell my friend Patrick Dean a real ghost story from real history, and uh, he, he he shakes his head a lot about it, like yeah, he's doing right I now. I don't, I don't believe a word of it, yeah, honestly. which is hurtful, because I spent a lot of, this is real, and it, it means a lot to me. I've dedicated my life to the pursuit of truth, and you, every week, um, come and throw it in my face, and uh, mm-hmm. I really, I don't like that. Well, I mean, you get what you get. <laughs> <laughs> You're just like I left you. Not a hair on my head was touched. <laughs> Did Amy come and bring you meals and reposition you so you wouldn't get bed sores while mm-hmm. you waited? Exactly. Mm-hmm. She's like, 
honey, I don't think I don't think Clayton wants to do podcasting tonight. I was like, but I need to be ready. Just in case. In case he does. Yeah. So you've been sitting here for like three weeks just waiting. I have. I'm really excited about season two starting today. <laughs> it's fun. You know what? Fine. Season two. <laughs> just yes, you're right. And I can't wait either. Uh, this is good news for our listeners, I think, because we they no longer have to listen to us talk about things that happened six weeks in the past. Mm-hmm. We're all cut up. This gets published, what, on Wednesday now? This comes out uh, in six hours. So That's uh, great news. Yeah. <laughs> Very only, relevant. We're only, what, I think we're only two weeks behind now. How have you been? Fine. <laughs> okay. Okay. I have a good, I have a good story for you because you, this is, this is a good, you like history. It's, it's fine. <laughs> then you're going to like this one. Okay. <laughs> I have a good, this is today. We're going to be a history podcast. We're still a ghost podcast, but we're also okay. a history podcast. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we have yet to talk about any future ghosts. So I think we've been a history podcast the whole time, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> but this time we're doing, um, this is real history. Okay. This time okay. the dates are real and not, yeah. not just guessed at. Yeah. It's not, not like the, the Mitch Hedberg joke about the picture of when you were younger. Mm. Where he's, he's like, oh, hey, here's a picture of me when I was younger. Like, oh, well, here's a picture of me when I was older. Give me that fucking camera. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. God love uh, him. I wonder if he's a ghost. I don't think he had any unfinished business. I think he was. <laughs> he seemed like at the end of every set, he was just like totally spent. <laughs> well, today I want to tell you the story of Marie Josephette Corriveau was born in the year 1733 in the country of New France. New France? Mm-hmm. Where's New France? Well, it's... it's you. I think you're in it right now. You're in it. You're in New France. In Missouri? How does it feel? They put New France in Missouri? <laughs> New France was big. It went all the way from, from Newfoundland, and mm-hmm. it went down through Canada, and then all the way down to the Gulf of Mexico. Oh, uh, is this what the what they bought? What the with part the, of it with... becomes the Louisiana Purchase? Oh, uh, okay, yes, and part of it becomes Canada. Yeah, so. okay. Um, and at this point, though, it's New France, which is a pretty lazy thing to name a new place. Mm. But um, but it, it you know it 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 gets you there. Probably nobody over there called it that though. You know, I think that's what it was formally. I yeah. think they did. I think <laughs> I think they did. <laughs> And Marie was born, Marie Corvo was born in uh, what you would consider present-day Quebec. Oh, okay. Okay. That's not near me. That's no, not really near no, me. No, 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 no. She was in a different part of New France. Yeah. New France was, yeah, you're in the you're in the you're in the south of New France, which I hear mm-hmm. the south of New France, I hear is very nice. You gotta go pretty far down in New France for it to start getting nice. I mean, just let's let's be totally honest. New Orleans is where it gets real nice. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and then you get about up to Baton Rouge and it falls off pretty quick. Mm. Well, in 1749, when Marie was 16 years old, she married a local farmer whose name was Charles Bouchard mm-hmm. and they had three children. I do not know their names. <laughs> they are not the subject of this podcast. They actually factor into her story very little, but they don't die. This is a spoiler. Okay. So just like, <laughs> never, never again do they names. come up in conversation. <laughs> but they're fair. still okay. there. Uh-huh. So they have three children. But then in 1760, so 11 years after they get married, mm. uh, Charles dies. Mm, he, okay. He dies. He's a little older. Um, mm. And like farm life is not a healthy life for no. old people in New France. 
No, you're always like carrying heavy stuff and waking up early. And no, that's it's for the birds. You're bending over. I mean, mm-hmm. I can't bend. I every time I bend over now, my knee pops. Have you ever dug a hole? Yeah, like it sucks. And like, what it's if your so job hard. was digging? What if your job was just digging holes in a field all day long? That's yeah. being a farmer. It yeah. sucks. And it's Canada, so it's pretty cold a lot of times. So it's not I like it's, the it's not warm dirt. No, it's like cold, frozen dirt, and you're digging holes in it all day long. I probably the sweet release. Of I was death just gonna Charles. say he experienced yeah. the sweet release of death <laughs> in 1760, <laughs> uh, and he had no regrets. Now, <laughs> so, so Marie now is on her own with three children who, again, will not come back into play in this story. It's mm, fair. But she's not on her own for very long. Fifteen months later, in July of 1761, she married another farmer from her parish. She's got a, she's got a type. And uh, this gentleman's name was Louis-Hélène Etienne Dodier. Mm, is it just French guys around? Well, it's New France, like, Patrick. Well, yeah, but I mean... <clears throat> Who did it's you think right, lived in New France? It, it's right next to to like New America or you know what do they call it back then? So I think it, they called it you, uh, Britain back then. Mm-hmm. This was 1760. Okay, no, so, I mean I don't know, but all you know, everyone in America at that point had a British accent because they were all British colonizers. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so, okay. Yeah, I guess slim pickings. What's your so. deal with uh, with accents? We think people should talk like they're from here. From. From New France? From <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think every well, almost everyone in there is is French. <clears throat> the mm. name's certainly quite French. Sure. Yeah. Um, well, in Quebec, in Quebec today, as as you and I recall from yeah. our from our adventures through Montreal, it's still so very French. They still look at you with a whole lot of disdain when they mm. realize that you only speak English. Mm-hmm. So they get married, and um, it was kind of an interesting marriage in that. Marie's father, Joseph Corvo, mm-hmm. he hated Louis <laughs> the, I, so much. <laughs> I liked the dead guy. Why did you have to change things? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but Louis, for his, it's, it's, it's okay though, because Louis also hated Joseph. Oh, okay. Let's yeah. 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 It was, it was, it was mutual hatred, but the problem was now they are related. And so they have a lot of dealings together. For example, Louis rented their the house from Joseph. They lived in her dad's house, and they paid rent sometimes they, to him. To the to the dad, yeah. Okay, yeah, all right. It's this is this is eighteenth century New France stuff, classic. Yeah, I I, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, you know, she, she's an adult. I mean, it's kind of one of those like you're gonna buy your own house. No, well then you're you're gonna live in the basement. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, you're paying rent then. Um, Louis and Joseph also owned a horse together, so it's just normal father-in-law stuff. You, what do you mean? Like, hang on, hang on. How do you, how do you both own a horse? Well, they like, both put in money for a horse. Right. And Louis kept it in his stable and mm-hmm. then Joseph could come over and ride it whenever he wanted. So the dad for, said, you keep the horse in your place, but when I want to ride the horse, I get to ride the horse. <laughs> this is the relationship they had. And I know that that's the relationship and that's how that works because it, they'll go to court about it soon. <laughs> just, just hold on a second. <laughs> Horse riding privileges. Correct. Oh. And again, like, <laughs> life must have been a whole hell of a lot different in New France in 1760, because, like, just a few miles south of there, they are fighting for their lives and <laughs> shooting at the British and throwing shit in the ocean uh-huh. and cracking Liberty Bells. And up north, they're like, no, is it's my turn to ride the horse? No, no, it's my turn to ride. Shut the door. It is the my horse. turn. <laughs> 
So, so they have a lot of dealings like this that are just silly, <laughs> and uh, they but they don't go well. They they're constantly arguing with each other. Mm. Um, yeah. You know, so we'll talk about some specifics here in a second, but they don't go well. So things get really hostile between Louis and Joseph, mm-hmm. and so they start having each other arrested. <laughs> <laughs> And it's all the time. So all you had to do to get someone arrested was to go to the authorities in the town and say like, oh, this person cheated me or this person assaulted me and they would Mm -hmm. arrest the person. And then they would, you know, they would arrest first and then uh, interrogate and then decide what to do. Yeah. Guilty until proven innocent. Yeah. Makes makes a lot of sense. Yeah. New France was a a tough town. It sounds like, (laughs) but okay. So they were getting each other arrested all the time. (laughs) And Joseph would say that Louis wasn't paying rent. And mm-hmm. that he wouldn't let him ride their horse when oh. he wanted to. And so they would arrest Louis and they would get his side of the story. And then Louis mm-hmm. would say that Joseph was making irrational demands and they would arrest mm-hmm. Joseph for that. <laughs> for the crime of irrational <laughs> demands. Yes. <laughs> and so this just kept going on and on. They kept arresting each other. <laughs> and all every time one of them got arrested, like all the problems, anytime anyone got arrested, in this mm-hmm. part of New France, all these cases went straight to the uh, the authority there, who was in this case Major James Abercrombie, hmm. which you'll notice okay. is not a French name. That's a that's a that's of the of the French Abercrombies. I'm not sure. <laughs> he had excellent abs. He mm-hmm. never wore a shirt. He mm-hmm. wore um, cargo shorts. Mm-hmm. And smelled was, great. Mm-hmm. James Abercrombie was. So this is this is this is history. So I learned a lot, and you're going to learn too. The British were fighting France for control of New France at this point. Right. And they so they didn't they didn't just have to deal with the American colonists rising up. They were apparently also fighting all of Canada and then all of you know everything west of New America or New whatever was gonna be America. It's almost like they should just leave. You know? It it's like at some like point that. maybe you maybe you just leave. Maybe you go back to your little island and you you know Eat pudding for breakfast, whatever the fuck you do, and just... Yeah, that's right. You know, have, yeah. yeah. Live out your days. No. So they're fighting <laughs> for control of New France, and they had taken some territory by this point. And part of the territory they now controlled was this part of what is, again, now Quebec. Mm-hmm. So all these, every time anyone gets arrested, the, it, the case comes to Major Abercrombie, and he's mm-hmm. finally just so annoyed by all the fighting between the two of them, because he personally has to settle every single dispute. <laughs> And so he finally told the men that the next time he had to step in to one of their arguments, mm-hmm. the guilty man was going to be fined twenty dollars. Oh, the like King Solomon! I, <laughs> not, they're not going to cut him in half. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, twenty bucks back then—that's you may as well. I did the math. Yeah. It's uh, it's about eight hundred dollars today. Whoo, buddy! And I don't if, have that laying around. That's like three times a month that they're getting each other arrested. So that's mm-hmm. some serious money. <laughs> so Abercrombie was done with this. He's done with. Being in the middle, mm-hmm. he says, you're paying me $20. Mm-hmm. This, you're going to start paying to have each other <laughs> arrested because this is so stupid. <laughs> and it's worth noting that Abercrombie did later say, quote, the old man was generally in the wrong. So he didn't actually <laughs> seem to care much for Joseph. Uh-huh. Um, he seemed to also agree that perhaps he shouldn't get to ride the horse so much. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this is only important to note because uh, as a little aside here, at one point, Marie comes to Major Abercrombie, who again decide makes all the decisions for this area. Mm-hmm. And she petitioned him to let her leave Louis. She said he was physically abusive um, and she wanted to divorce him. And Abercrombie, who preferred Louis, said, mm-hmm. no, you may not do that. 
<laughs> because your dad's more of a dick yeah. than your husband. Would you like to divorce your father? <laughs> that I can yeah. help you with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you want some emancipation? I have that paperwork mm-hmm. ready. <laughs> so, so he says no. Um, so keep a keep that in mind mm-hmm. uh, because that's going to come in become important eventually. Now, on January twenty sixth of seventeen sixty three, Joseph Corvo he finds Major Abercrombie just like wandering the streets. They bump into each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and in the movie, Joseph was like, oh, thank goodness, I, you are here. And you just, Abercrombie's just like, oh, fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> and Joseph tells Abercrombie that uh, Louis Dodier has assaulted him again. And he says, mm. you go and you find Louis that $20. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Abercrombie explains to him that's not how that actually works. Yeah, yeah. And he says, I, I'm not going to arrest him because you have said that he assaulted you. Like, we're going to actually start doing this right. I need witnesses. Mm -hmm. I need evidence. Like, sure. Do you have any of that? Mm -hmm. And Joseph does not have any of that. Um, He wants him fine and arrested right now. Abercrombie says, no, not going to do that until I talk to more people. Joseph storms off. And as he storms off, he swears that quote, some misfortune will happen to Louis Dottier. Mm, Okay. The next morning, Louis Daudier's body was found in his stable. That is misfortunate. <laughs> I mean, it is. <laughs> it's right. He was right. He was dead on. Mm. So this crime was easy to solve. <laughs> yeah. Clearly, it was a horse that did it. Mm-hmm. And um, they find the horse $20 or $800 or whatever it ends up mm-hmm. being. And yeah. Yeah, you move on with it. That's a prize horse. So that's got the cash. So mm-hmm. it was pretty yeah. easy. So they find Louis Daudier's body in the stable. His, his, the, his stable hands find the body. Mm-hmm. Now, everyone knows what has happened here. Yeah. <laughs> everyone knows that Joseph has killed Louis. An um, actual crime has finally happened. So there's been no slap happened. fights, you know. <laughs> Apparently, Joseph was also a pretty violent man. He would have like these really violent outbursts. Sure. Um, and he and Louis hated each other. So mm-hmm. they they know what happened. Mm-hmm. And now some people start to wonder, hey, do you think Joseph also killed Marie's first husband, Charles Bouchard? Oh, so people now around the homestead are starting to feel suddenly not so sure mm-hmm. about Joseph anymore. Mm-hmm. Did her first husband like like drown in a bathtub or something like that? Or he was I don't rem- he was he was also found outside dead. <laughs> and you're a horse. Yeah. I think it wasn't because the rumor that then started, which I was I was gonna cut this, but since you ask. Yeah, please. I was going to cut for time, but since you want this to be a two-hour episode. I have all kinds of time. I have all kinds of time. The longer we're in the basement, the less screaming we have to hear. (laughs) The rumor that started, once people were like, maybe Joseph also killed Charles. The rumor that started to spread around town was that he had actually brained Charles to death with a curry comb, which Hmm. is a horse brush. Oh, okay. Yeah. Some tack, some horse tack, some horse tack, if you will. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Him. Yep. You know the, you know the lingo. You know, sure, of course. Yeah, you know equine mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Bridles, oh, wow. uh, saddles, oh. <laughs> uh, horseshoes. Yep, that's one. That's, Good. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah, okay, saddlebags was right there. You had half yeah. of it when you said saddles. Like that's the fun. little bow, little bows you put in, in their mane. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's Those are cute. Yeah. 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 Um. Their heart noses that you touch and they shoot mm-hmm. lights out of them. Mm-hmm. I don't yep. know, remember what those are called, but you know. It's, I'm sure it's some weird French name, but yeah, no, I got it. So the local people have discovered 
Louis's body. They know it's Joseph, but they're not actually sure what to do. So now, yes, now that they have a real crime. Like maybe mm-hmm. we shouldn't tell Abercrombie this one. <laughs> Obviously, they are supposed to report it to Major Abercrombie. Mm-hmm. But yeah. so this is an important part of the, the history here. He's British. And there's a lot of tension right now mm-hmm. between the British and the French or new mm-hmm. French because the British are trying to conquer them. And, uh, I don't. I don't think they love that a whole lot. It, it ruffles the feathers. It, yeah. it does. Yeah, it's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they don't trust the British for sure. And like, well, mm-hmm. maybe we should just deal with this ourselves. Like a little, little hometown justice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, how much is he going to fine us for killing somebody? Yeah. <laughs> like that's going to be like forty dollars. <laughs> it's twenty dollars for not letting you ride a horse. It's going to be yeah. so much money for murder. <laughs> so they pitched the idea of keeping it local and hiding it. From the from the major, they pitch this to the local priest. Mm-hmm. They're like, you know who's gonna lead us down a straight and narrow <laughs> is our priest. <laughs> I know who's gonna be on board with this plan. Anyway, so a little and, bit of backstory. He's dead, but and the priest says, "Oh yeah, we cannot tell the British. Like let's <laughs> let's lie our faces off about this." <laughs> so so uh, they come up with a really good plan. I like this little town that like bands together. It's you great. Know? Like this is this this is an uh, this is like kind of a weird like weekend at Bernie's type montage mm-hmm. they've got. Going. Like, no, <laughs> yeah, nobody's nobody's dead in this town. Everyone's totally cool. And it's not like they're cool with Joseph killing anyone because they right. are now spreading rumors that he is a mass murderer. Right. <laughs> but they just want to you know they just want to they just want to do it mm. their way. Sure. So the priest is on board, and uh, they have this plan. And the plan is. The, it just so happens that the the captain of the local militia, the new French militia, mm-hmm. who is, you know, I assume fought very poorly <laughs> against the yeah. British and <laughs> now is just kind of there as like a, a small peacekeeping thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they do, actually. I don't know. They seem I to mean, be okay with the British. Yeah, um, I mean, I would figure there's kind of an adversarial relationship there, you know. But You would think so. But... Uh, the captain of that militia, his name is Jacques Corvo, and he mm-hmm. was Joseph's cousin. Mm, okay. So, so they, co- they concoct this plan, and Jacques, uh, as head of the militia, goes to Major Abercrombie, and he's like, hey, dude, listen. Uh, oh, my God, poor Louis Dottier. I don't know if you heard. He is dead. Um, <laughs> Rhetorically, if Louis <laughs> Dottier would have died, what do you think the fine would, would be for something been- <laughs> like that? <laughs> He tells Abercrombie that Louis slipped in the stables and was trampled to death by his horses, mm. which probably happens all the time. Sure, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, now, Abercrombie is British, but he's not too stupid. <laughs> so, <laughs> hello to all our British listeners. We, we yeah. have a lot, and uh, now we have I mean, fewer than we did. He's, yeah, he's, he, 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 he's smart enough to take the, take the remote work job. Like he's not, you know, back in the That's back right. in the palace or anything like that. But yeah. at the same time, kind of hostile, kind of hostile <laughs> environment he's in right now. So he he's he's not very stupid. <laughs> so he's like, I I don't know. I'm pretty sure Joseph probably murdered Louis. <laughs> I feel like this is a little too coincidental. But uh, Captain <laughs> Corvo says, no, on the honor of our family, he has not murdered him. So honor means nothing to these people. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Abercrombie's like, yeah, okay, but he still doesn't believe it, really. Mm-hmm. So, um, so then Jacques produces a certificate of death that says that yes, Louis died from horse trampling. It is signed oh. mm-hmm. by the priest. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 
And Jacques also says, well, I have some witnesses who saw the body if you want to talk to them. Mm-hmm. And Abercrombie was like, oh, yeah, I mean, we should do that. So yeah. he, he talks yeah, to some I, folks. Yeah, like I was bitching about no witnesses before. Now you're conveniently have I witnesses. and Turn my so, own words against me. I guess I'm going to yeah. have to follow through. Mm-hmm. So he does talk to them. And they all say, yeah, we saw the body and they were just... He, he was trampled by a horse. There were hoof prints all over him, mm-hmm. all over yep. his poor dead body. Little bows everywhere. It was just a <laughs> just a Some glitter, you know. Yeah. You know how it goes with horses. <laughs> so, so Abercrombie, he's like, okay, I maybe this is true, but I want, I want to know for sure. So he sends out one of his people to go look at the corpse. The guy goes out, he finds a corpse, he takes a look, he comes back, and he reports to Abercrombie, and he's like, there's no way he got trampled to death by his own horses. <laughs> <laughs> there were four head wounds and no other wounds. Okay. So first of all, if he got trampled, it was like a surgical trampling where yeah. they were like, let's get his head guys. <laughs> and all of the wounds were too sharp to have been caused by horse hooves. Mm-hmm. Um, there were more details about that that were pretty gross, but I seem to have deleted them. You know, I think we're fine. I mean, yeah, his, <laughs> Do you his, want me to go his, look at I can reread the... No, I think it's... Yeah, so pretty clear the horse did not assassinate this man with some sort of, yeah. you know, like Jackie Chan roundhouse kick to the head with all four <laughs> hooves. <laughs> <laughs> Jump, spin, twist, uh-huh. all four hooves. Poof, poof, right in the head. So Abercrombie knows that Joseph is killed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, like everyone, knows that Joseph is guilty of this murder. But he also thinks that it's possible Marie might have been in on it because she wanted to divorce Louis because he would abuse her, supposedly. So he's like, he's not discounting the possibility that it might not just be Louis. So he doesn't want to just arrest Louis and, you know, not figure this out. He wants to actually, like, you know, follow his hunches and see what's happening and actually, you know, engage with the legal process. Sure. Yeah. So he sends out his men uh, and they're both arrested. Joseph and Marie both arrested. Oh, okay. (laughs) So they put them on trial for murder, but they have a problem. Abercrombie and his friends have a problem. They don't know if they should try them under British law or French law. Or horse law. (laughs) They they were pretty clear that it's not going to be horse law. Okay, fine. We'll cross one off. Not horse law. (laughs) Down to British law and French law. They were thinking horse law until they realized it could not have been the horse. And the horse had no standing. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. When they when they arrested all three of them, it was like, okay, you're going to be tried by French law, you're going to be tried by British law, and you, Buttercup, you're getting tried in horse law, I'm afraid. So they, of course, wanted British law because that's what they know, and that's they wanted to establish kind of dominance here. But the people were obviously French, mm-hmm. and Britain didn't have formal control over this area yet. Okay. They, spoiler alert. They soon will. In a few months, France is going to just cede the entire entirety of this part of New France to uh, to the British, and they're going to have it. Hmm. Okay, but right now they don't. They don't actually. They're not formally there. There, right? They don't own mm-hmm. it. They just kind of took it by force. Yeah. So, but I, like, I mean, just to be like very, you know, mechanical about it here, mm-hmm. what will be the difference in French law and British law in terms of murdering somebody? Is it like okay in one and not okay in the other? I, uh, I mean, do <laughs> they just like are a little more laissez-faire? Yeah. So they, <laughs> <laughs> there. Well, we'll talk about some differences eventually. I think mostly it's just 
how I don't I I think so. Here's what I really think. I think it was mm-hmm. mostly actually just kind of a PR thing. Mm-hmm. They wanted to establish British dominance, so they're like, mm-hmm. you know, in the British courts, we do things in this way, but it's mm-hmm. it's yeah. it's a, you know it's the same. Yeah. We wear these wigs, right? You know, we yeah we sit up on the big bench and we call ourselves barristers. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, and, I don't, and who knows what the French do? Um, but they were could, they were they were worried because they want to they wanted to. They wanted the French people to know, like, the British are in charge, but they also didn't want to be too firm with them because they didn't want them to. They want to deal with like a revolt, right? Yeah. So they're trying to. It's it, they're trying to mm. kind of figure out the 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 most amicable way, the most diplomatic way to go about this, right? But the other problem is like all the French law books are in French, so and no. they're like, I don't want to learn French, <laughs> right? So it's definitely not going to be so, French law. Yeah. <laughs> what they decided to do <laughs> in the end. Was you know what we're not going to use either British or French law. <laughs> Back to horse law. <laughs> we're going to use horse law. <laughs> they decided to hold a military trial. No, sure, yeah. <laughs> Abercrombie loves this because he's a major, so it makes sense. And there was also something there. the The governor of the area at this point was also British. Now, the guy who had just assumed the governorship, and he was a real son of a bitch, and he liked military trial. I don't remember if he was in the military or not, but he liked military trials. Because mm-hmm. they could be over really quickly, and you could immediately put someone to death. Yeah, <laughs> so it's a nice feature. Yeah, sure. They're so, on the side of the boat. Yep. <clears throat> so that's what I decided to do, and the trial starts. And from the get go, it is nothing but hearsay evidence, like hundred percent just mm-hmm. hearsay evidence. Yeah, this would have been thrown out in a criminal trial in either the British or French courts, <laughs> but since it was a military trial, they allowed it. Mm-hmm. So. Convenient. There, there would have been literally no evidence if they had not done a military trial and it would have been thrown out of court. But they're like, yeah, you know, we'll hear hearsay. Um, so they hear a bunch of this. So all these witnesses come up. They're all talking about Joseph has a bad temper. Joseph mm-hmm. hated Louis. Mm-hmm. Um, they're pretty sure he murdered him. Mm-hmm. The One of the most damning witnesses was a man named Claude Dion, who he was a worker on the Daudier farm. And he was actually at the house the night of Louis's death. And he said Louis came home that night demanding supper. Mm-hmm. And Marie said, you eat well, but don't work much. And perhaps you will not eat very long. <laughs> <laughs> so they had a pretty fun marriage. <laughs> <laughs> and so he got really mad. So according to Claude, so Louis got really mad. He was very hangry. And he, mm. uh, he slapped Marie several times and stormed out of the mm. house. A few hours later, he's dead. Mm-hmm. Another witness said that Marie had approached several soldiers in the months before the murder and had actually asked them to kick the shit out of her husband, Louis. <laughs> they refused to do so, and she got mad mm-hmm. at them and stormed off. Ah. And apparently, Marie was also painted as a drunkard. One witness <laughs> said she drank so much, so often, that she this, this witness had once seen her, quote, spew in her children's caps. <laughs> <laughs> I have not been that drunk around my children. I have spewed in a cap or two in my life. I think but I have spewed not in spe- one of mine, maybe. I have not point. spewed in one of my children's caps. Yeah. Mostly because mostly I wash those. Like, I'm the one, I, I'm just, it's, just fuck myself over if I do something like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I, bet, I bet caps back then were like, pretty Ugh. expensive like my kids lose three hats a year easy <laughs> i don't even know where the hell they go but like back then you get one cap 
And like your head had better not grow for three years because that's your cap. That's your day and cap. So, that's your sleeping cap. That's mm-hmm. your shower cap. That's everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so Marie doesn't make it. She doesn't look great during this trial either. Um, but again, a lot of this is just like rumor and hearsay. <laughs> but sure. the court is yeah. like, yep, this is evidence. <laughs> yeah. It's a military court. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a little disappointed in the village. Like I was really behind them for all banding together and not like admitting that. I know. You know, that he got killed, but now they're like totally turning on each other. Yeah. They got bored with that plan. Like this sounds, mm-hmm. this sounds much more exciting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's see. So, th- so the court, the trial goes on for a, a long time mm-hmm. and just, they keep calling witnesses back and then they're like changing their stories. It's mm-hmm. a real shit show. Mm-hmm. but every story, even when it's different, it's all like, I'm pretty sure Joseph did it. And Marie might've mm-hmm. also done it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so eventually the court says, we've heard enough. We're going to make a, <laughs> a ruling based on all this really good <laughs> crackerjack evidence. And, uh, they find Joseph Corvo guilty of murder. Wow. They find Marie Corvo guilty of quote, knowing of the said murder. Okay, I mean, the whole Feels village knows like. of the said murder, too. I mean, let's be honest here. Everyone gets hung. <laughs> this is how we slowly take over Quebec. Yeah, this is how we, this is how we quell yeah. the uprising. <laughs> Kangaroo courts hang everyone in attendance yeah. and move on to the next town. So Joseph was sentenced to hang, um, and Marie was sentenced to receive 60 lashes Ooh. and to have her, her left hand branded with an M. I guess for murder for for knowing about murder. Yeah, <laughs> it's like look, we only got so many brands. You want the A or the M? That's all I got now. I don't got a K. <laughs> Do you know how expensive these fucking things are? You're lucky you don't get the X. <laughs> so Joseph is waiting for his hanging. It's going to be about three weeks before they can hang him. That's weird. Like they have to like build a gallows. Like I why didn't remember? Oh, I know why. I do know hmm. why. I lied. Does, does he have an appeal? <laughs> he has an appeal. <laughs> no, because they had to send back to Britain to like mm. get everything approved. So they send yep. the, um, the, they find him guilty. They send mm. that finding hanging back. paperwork. Yeah. They send yeah. it to the king and the king has to like sign off on it. Yeah. If you, you know, kill somebody, it's a big deal or whatever. Mm. Sure. So they're waiting for the king to write back. Mm. While yeah. they're waiting, Joseph, uh, so he's waiting. He's getting, he doesn't, he's thinking about, what it's going to be like to hang by the neck until dead. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't like it very much. He's probably pretty anxious. You know? I think so. I would be. Yeah. He calls for the governor, who is this guy mm-hmm. who just loves his fucking military yeah. trials. Governor comes in and Joseph says, okay, listen, I didn't kill Louis. It was Marie. Oh, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> he said Marie had killed Louis and then had called him, her father, in to mm-hmm. help her cover it up. So he told him the whole story. Mm-hmm. Said Marie did it, and I was trying to help her, but so wait, so he so he sells out his daughter, yes, or Boy. or he stops her from selling him out. <sighs> yeah. But I mean, okay, that's fine. If this Stella is... killed someone, mm-hmm. would you would you go to jail for that? Mm-hmm. If it meant hanging by the neck until dead, Stella probably had a reason. <laughs> okay, now if. June killed someone. <laughs> that's called the first of many. <laughs> that's that's called that's called the spree killer right there. And I am more afraid of that than anything on earth right now. <laughs> Maybe it's safer for you if you are locked up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he does yeah, he does sell her out. So the court reconvenes 
And they like, all right, we'll do this again, I guess. Yeah. And right off the bat, Marie says, I'm not do I'm not going through this again. All right, I did it. I killed Louis. I killed him with a blunted hatchet. A blunted hatchet? Doesn't that sound terrible? Like not even a sharp one. No. Like just a blunt one. Basically no. just didn't even give him the dignity of a sharp hatchet. Mm-hmm. Chunk of steel at the end of a stick. Yep. Mm-hmm. Why I took four uh, four blows to kill him mm-hmm. with a hatchet. She should have like trampled him with a horse afterwards. I mean, that would have been. I, a, I mean, there were so many horses. There was at least one horse around. Hindsight, and obviously, but I mean, you got to mm-hmm. think one good, you know, one swift hit, then you hop up on the horse, you give him the the old yeah. uh, the old prance, and yeah, even you, you have Joseph come over to help you cover it up. This mm-hmm. is this is Joseph's. This is his time to shine. It's time to ride yeah. the horse. Yeah. Joseph, it's your turn. <laughs> ride the horse, Joseph. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so uh, Marie Marie pleads guilty. And yeah. now the British, they are they're real angry because mm-hmm. they look so stupid for convicting the wrong person. And again, yeah. they're in this like really kind of tense power struggle. Did she I'm sorry, I'm sorry, not to interrupt. Did she already get her lashes in her um, hand in her hand thing? Gosh, that's a good question. You know, because I, I'm I'm going to assume now that her dad now gets the lashes in the hand thing, and it'd be a little stupid if they both got the lashes in the hand thing. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it would be stupid in go in what way? Like an it, embarrassing it, way for them? <laughs> like, um, oh, now we both got this thing on our hand. It would it it would be kind of a meat cute. I'll be honest with you, it really would. Plus, like the plus the branding iron guy at this point is so fucking mad. He's like, I got, <laughs> I got to dig out the M. I never use the M. I got to find the M again. You know how long I sit in the fire? Like forty five minutes. I don't. I hate the M. Uh, yeah, I don't know if they did or not. It's a good question. It's not a pertinent question. Yeah, I'm sure, glad you yeah. interrupted to ask it, but it's yeah. uh, it's a good question. I'm, you know, again, I am here. <clears throat> As the voice uh-huh. and the representative of our listeners that sure. maybe aren't paying really close attention. <laughs> so <laughs> the ones who are listening while they're working on their taxes. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, again, I gotta kinda chime in to to fill in some of the gaps that okay. I'm finding. Yeah. I appreciate that. Um all right. Where are we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. So yeah, so now they're mad because they look so stupid because they mm-hmm. convicted the wrong person mm-hmm. and they're they're in this power struggle. So they they move fast now. They're again. They're supposed to wait for the king of England, England to weigh in on their proceedings. So now they have to send yeah. another letter to the king and be like, "Actually, yeah. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna unsend that one." Mm-hmm. They're getting yeah. an email. <laughs> oh like, yeah. And then like three seconds later, it's like so and so would like to recall that message. Like friend, mm-hmm. that uh, I am I am sorry. I am sorry. This is not the how the internet works. <laughs> <laughs> so they want to recall uh-huh. that message. Mm-hmm. So they send one boat and they're like. I need, really, I really need you to catch up with the other boat. <laughs> like, it's really important that you catch up with the other boat and like flag them down or something, because uh, you have the important message. <laughs> so they go. So they're supposed to wait until the king weighs in, mm-hmm. but they're so embarrassed. They want. They're like, we have to make a quick example of Marie. Like, mm. we just have to. We have to yep. show everyone here, all the people in New France, that mm-hmm. you can't fuck with us. Mm-hmm. You can't make us look like idiots. Mm. So we're gonna do. We're gonna do this fast. So they sentence her, not they sentence her to hang, of course, but mm. not only that, they're gonna hang her immediately, like mm. as soon as the trial's sure. over. Yeah. And they're also going to display her body for several months 
in a metal gibbet in the public square as a warning to everyone that the British are in charge. And if you try to murder someone and trick the British about it, that's not going to be okay. And if this ever happens again, which it probably will in a few weeks, you also go in the box. Okay. I'm going to send you a picture of the oh, iron don't cage. Tell don't tell me there's a picture of the gibbet. There is a picture of the gibbet. Now, when you look at this, I want you to remember that mm -hmm. people were smaller back then. Yeah. So when you were alarmed at how small this cage is, it's... That's um, a cage? It's a gibbet. It's a, oh, okay. Okay. It looks more like a... Fucking gibbet. I'm not entirely sure why there is a dildo in the bottom right of the <laughs> photo, but <laughs> there absolutely is. Um, <laughs> I'm thinking this might be an example from a different kind of museum that you found. Um, but yes, yeah, very extremely uncomfortable. Yeah, looks like if you're if you're anything above about four foot ten, you mm -hmm. are going to be uh, compressed by this by this little cage. Yeah. Thing. Yes. So they I, some of the sources said she was hung in the gibbet. Okay. And some said she was placed in the gibbet after she was hung. I don't mm. know if it really makes a big difference. But um, but that's it. Okay, that's fair. So they're going to hang her, and they're going to display her body for several months. And, you know, a body like hanging in a cage for several months, mm. that's going to that's gonna go bad. That's good. Yeah, you're going to attract your, your crows. Mm -hmm. Definitely a lot of crows. Lots of crows. Cats, maybe. I mean, just squirrels. Yeah. Lots of squirrels. It's just, it's going to be gross. It's going to be real gross. Yeah. So this is the message they're sending to people in New France. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, she, oh, she also, poor Marie, she, not only, not only is she going to be suspended, uh, in this cage, she also had to pay for the ironmonger to make it. <laughs> oh my God. Please, please, please tell me the ironmonger is the branding guy. Please tell me it's the same guy. God damn it. <laughs> That's it. No, I'm not doing this one for free. I made the M for free. I made the X for free. I'm out of iron. I need, someone's got to pay for this. <laughs> so... <laughs> So she was hanged in April of 1763, mm -hmm. uh, and her body was indeed placed in the cage and strung up in a nearby town called Point Point Levy. Mm -hmm. um, now it was up there for about five weeks, which is mm -hmm. not as much time it was as it was supposed to be up there. Yeah, but that's a decent been, chunk of time. Yeah, I mean there may not have been much left of it by five weeks. Mm -hmm. I mean, probably pretty gross. <laughs> so um, Marie died, of course, but her spirit did not. Mm -hmm. lots of unfinished business there so much unfinished business i gotta get back at my dad first off yeah like, number one ob obvious that motherfucker yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so once they hung her in the cage her dead body in the cage after sunset people who walked beneath the body they would see her eyes Ew. open. yeah hey, hey, um, no, 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 no. sorry you're walking <laughs> you're walking beneath the body oh yeah is like, that not what you pictured no, 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 no. I'm, I'm imagining it's like up on a wall and you're like 20 feet no, no, away. No, 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 This is strung up over the town square. Right. So like if you have to like, you know, go over to the fruit stand or something mm -hmm. like that, you've got to walk under. You go under, this, Marie. Like, this, this, this dripping thing covered you try, in crows yeah, and squirrels. Yeah, you try to. You, well, you yeah. probably skirt around it, I would guess. <laughs> and when it rains, like everything just kind of drips off and, mm -hmm. and sort of. Yeah. Sometimes boy, things slough off. Slough. Mm -hmm. Slough. Slough. Ugh. Ugh. Slough. I'd rather rather you not use that word. So <laughs> that's just. Well, I am going to use it again <clears throat> one more time in a little bit. I am understanding now why the cage exists. Mm -hmm. I'm it, like it, now it's it makes sense. Like pieces and yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So this yeah, you is, can't just like put her the rope up there. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Um, that's not going to last. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so people are walking beneath her body. Mm. Uh, and after nightfall, when they would do that, they would see her eyes open. She would reach out to them through the cage, like her fingers, like, you know, I mean, she could, doesn't yeah. have a whole lot of mobility. Right. But her hands would, would clench and she would reach toward them and she would whisper their names. Oh, like a party trick. It is. It's very good. It's she's a mentalist. Would she, would she also would she also guess their weight? Yes, because that's that's like that's <laughs> the hard one. That's and if the real she got it within one. five pounds, then uh, yeah. she'd have to give them a prize. But if she was off, yeah. she had to throw down a little stuffed squirrel. Yeah, yeah. like every third guy is named Jacques. That's not a hard one. But like, right. does Jacques weigh eighty kilos or does he weigh ninety <laughs> kilos? I don't know. You know. Um. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not saying I've ever in my life. <laughs> So she she whispers their names in what apparently was a, a vicious evil voice. <laughs> oh, okay. So it was a spooky voice she yeah, used too. Yeah, not a not a carnival barker's voice. Okay, yeah. Uh and so but this goes on for weeks. Like everyone is complaining to Abercrombie. They're like, this has to stop. We're walking under her. She's fucking she's a ghost and she's she's whispering our names in an evil voice. We don't like it. Yeah. She's guessing our weights. She's wrong mm. and it's not flattering. Mm. Um and she's dripping on us. And she's got her eyes open, and it's terrible. Mm-hmm. And Abercrombie's like, the next person that complains, <laughs> I'm finding $25. My hand to God. He got so sick of this that <laughs> after five weeks, he started finding people $25 to complain. There, you see? Yes. <laughs> after five weeks, he's so sick of it, they, they take down her body. They say, this is enough. We, we've made mm-hmm. our point, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they take down the body, and they bury it in an unmarked grave. Okay. They, and I read, they can't, they, they, I don't know. I don't know which law this was. If it was British or French or military. Or horse. Or horse law. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, they couldn't bury her in a cemetery because she was guilty of murder. Hmm. That feels that's like, like a, that's, that feels like a Catholic thing. It really feels like I, a yeah. French Catholic thing. Yeah. Um, so they buried her outside the cemetery in another mark grave. And they, oh, and here's the, this is fucked up. They buried her in the iron cage. I mean, from what I'm seeing of the cage <laughs> and from what I'm, what I'm expecting from five weeks of hanging a law. That's true. You know, <laughs> where like, do, spray yeah. her out of there with a hose. <laughs> yeah. Like where does, where does body end and where does cage begin at that yeah, point? It's, that's true. That's fair. Yeah. They probably just crumbled her up and just kind of put her in a hole and said, okay, yeah. you're good. Yeah. So they bury her cage and all. But, uh, you know, if the iron cage couldn't hold her spirit, you know, the grave is just going to be useless. Yeah. And so her spirit, of course, would rise up and it would haunt Mm -hmm. the people of the town. She would walk Mm -hmm. along the river road, uh, which was her, one of her favorite walks in life. And she'd Mm -hmm. go into town. She would walk that road and she would just accost travelers constantly. Hmm. Uh, and we do have the account. We have a very detailed account by one man of this haunting. Um, it happened to a man named Dubay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dubay was walking home from work one night, and when he passed the place where Marie Corvo's body once hung, he looked up and saw, quote, a scene of wild, demonic figures dancing on the river. Mm. So this, he didn't like that. He had never seen demons before, much mm-hmm. less many of them dancing. And he was like, first of all, <laughs> dancing's a sin. Second yeah. of all... Well. Don't Being a demon demons. has to be a sin. Like that's, yeah, <laughs> it's got to be on the list. Yeah, dancing on the river, like clearly, yeah, clearly a sin. Yeah, 
<laughs> you want to you wanna be on top of water, you walk there like Jesus did. Mm-hmm. You don't mm-hmm. dance. That's mm-hmm. You're making a mockery of, of the Lord Christ. <laughs> so he doesn't like that. He cries out in fear. But then he totally loses his shit because as he's watching these demons dance on the river, a pair of bony withered hands grab his throat from behind. Oh. And the voice says... It's me, Marie Corvo. <laughs> and you weigh 85 kilos. <laughs> so the hands grab him <laughs> and pulls him close to her. And it's Marie. And she says, quote, take me across the river, Dubay. I cannot pass the blessed waters of the St. Lawrence unless a Christian man carries me. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So it's kind of like a, it's like a vampire thing. Like the water yeah. is blessed mm-hmm. because it's named, I guess, I guess they probably had some sort of stupid ceremony when they called it the St. Lawrence. And they're like, mm, no, it's no yeah. St. Lawrence himself blesses this river mm-hmm. and it is there. It is holy. So um, she can't cross it unless a Christian man carries her. And she mm-hmm. really wants to get across that river. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it sounds like, like, uh, like the Aesop's fable about, like riding the fox across the river. <laughs> it's sort of like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like when you carry the ghost across the river. Yeah. <laughs> Probably not going to turn out real well. It's a good cautionary tale. Next mm-hmm. time a ghost asks you to cross a river with 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 her on your back, you say, mm-hmm. I don't think so, ghost. Nope. nope. Seen this episode. So Dubay is just freaking out and he falls to his knees and he grabs up. He's trying to get the, the hands off his neck. And when he does, he tears like these strips of flesh they slough off her hands. Ugh, more slouching. More slouching. <laughs> they come off in his hands, and he is just mm-hmm. screaming and screaming and screaming. Mm-hmm. He is so terrified and so grossed out, he passes out cold. The next morning, his wife finds him lying in the street. He's got strips of skin in his hand. And he's got bruise marks all on his neck. Mm-hmm. His wife is pissed too, and she's like, like, "Come home! I find (laughs) you in the street." Who did you pay for this, and how much was it? (laughs) (laughs) So finally, Major Abercrombie was like, "Okay, this is enough." (laughs) 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 And I would like you to remember that he already hated the Corvos, (laughs) and he's so sick of them already, and they just won't stop. Mm -hmm. And so he's like, "This is enough." So he calls in a whole cadre of religious leaders, and they all get together. And with their powers combined, <laughs> they perform an exorcism on the entire town. That sounds complicated. It does. It takes mm-hmm. all the best religious. It takes a religious leader with wind, one with mm-hmm. fire, one with water, <laughs> one with earth, one with heart. heart. The heart is the most important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, so they, but they do. So they, they perform an exorcism on the town and the ghost of Marie Corvo was never seen again. Oh, it worked. Wild. Well, but good for them. Her cage, now that's making the rounds. <clears throat> mm. So like I said, she was buried outside of the cemetery in 1763. But in 1851, the local cemetery was actually expanded. And when they were digging one day for a new grave, they found the cage there buried underground just by accident. Oh, well, yeah. So they uh, they enclosed her in the cemetery. So she got to sort of be buried there. That's except nice. her oh, body had, had, was not there anymore. Yeah, yeah clearly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the cage was unearthed and they were like, well, this is cool. <laughs> and they started exhibiting it in museums in, uh, in Montreal and Quebec city. And then of course it was eventually purchased by PT Barnum. 
<laughs> who oddly, so he did display it in his museum in New York, but he displayed it on the wall. And then there was a simple plaque next to it that only said from Quebec. P.T. <laughs> Barnum, greatest showman yep. of our time. Mm hmm. Has such a good story here, <laughs> and the black that he puts on it is from Quebec. Um, the cage then hops around from museum to museum for a while. It lived in Boston for a bit, then it went to actually to Salem, where it lived at the Essex Institute for many, hmm. many years, um, for more than a hundred years. And the Essex actually recently found it again in 2013. They uh, dug it up from their collections. They were like, "Oh yeah, this is that cage that that ghost died in." <laughs> <laughs> and they actually sent it back to Canada. So now, if you want to see Marie Corvo's death cage, you can go to the, uh, gonna get this wrong, Musée de la Civilisation in Quebec. Oh, wild. And it's hanging there, and you can go check it out. And that's the story of La Corvo, one of the oldest fantastic. ghosts in Canada. Oh, that was fantastic. Pretty good, that was right? great. Yeah, yeah, that was a good one. Do you believe in ghosts? Uh, I believe in horses. <laughs> if I ever go on trial, I want to, I want you to make sure they know that I would like to be, uh, tried under horse law, please. They're not going to well, listen to me when I say it, but they might listen to you. Yeah. I'll show up in like a, like, like a suit that's three sizes too big. I'm, I, I'm Mr. Smith's lawyer here and, um, I'd like to grant a stay of horse law if, uh, <laughs> if the court allows it. Show up in your 50-gallon hat. Excuse me. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I think I know what the problem is here. Mistrial. This is not horse law. <laughs> anyway, if you like horse law and this podcast, you could go and you can leave us a review on uh, Apple Podcasts. Would be great or wherever you listen. That would be really fun. And uh, five stars is our, our favorite number of stars. Recently, mm -hmm. my three-year-old, when I tell her, like, oh, you have like five minutes and we have to go to bed or, you know, you have 10 minutes. You do this. She will say, five's not my favorite number. As if that's, <laughs> that's the, it's in it's, that's ironclad. Yeah. I don't know what to say to that. Yeah. So, um, well, and she's wrong. Cause five is the best number. That's right. So five is the best mm -hmm. number and four, three, two, and one and zero, not my favorite numbers. So mm -hmm. please, nope. please five stars and tell your friends and cause they might like it too. Um, and Patrick would really like it if you told all your friends to come listen to our podcast, especially your Australian ones. We are going to dominate. Australia. We are, we are, we're, we're to come for number one, Australia. Mm -hmm. We're, we're gonna, we're, we're 200 with a bullet is what we are. <laughs> and we'll see you soon uh, on our Australian tour. And, uh, but before that happens, we'll see you next week with another fun filled episode of Is This a Ghost? <laughs>